Hey, it's Against All Odds presented by FanDuel. Two new champions are about to be crowned, and with FanDuel, you can bet right up until the victory parades. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, get in the action after the games have already started with live same-game parlays. Are you kidding me? Yes. They're available for every NBA and NHL game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older and 18 or older in D.C. and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Pumping in audio now. Welcome to Cousin Sal's winning weekend, the program that never shows up on the injury report. Hey, last week I went a very Mike Tomlin esque nine and nine with my best bets. Is it too late to rename the show Cousin Sal's Tying Weekend? So much more on brand for me. But listen, we're going to get to all the week two games. It's going to be me and my childhood friend, Darren, the parlay kid. We're going to cover all the NFL games. We also have the great Mike Lombardi joining us. I believe it's from a deli in Hackensack. But let me first get into the Thursday night game between the Vikings and the Eagles by recapping my main takeaways in a segment we reluctantly call Cover 4 with Cousin Sal. Number one. The Eagles fans are booing again. Yes, it happened, and it didn't take very long. After a first-quarter interception, Philly fans gave it good to Jalen Hurts. First quarter, Jalen Hurts. Didn't matter that his team was 1-0 or even that he led the city to the Super Bowl seven months ago. No surprise here. These are the same terrible people that boo their grandmother if the Thanksgiving yam cheesesteak is overcooked. Oh, shut up. That's a good joke. Where's the brotherly love? Number two, the Aquaman 2 trailer they aired during the first quarter. Yes, that's a true number two. Don't go see that. You want something to boo Eagles fans? Set your sights on Jason Momoa. That's right. That's more like it. Number three, this garbage push play that resulted in two touchdowns for the Eagles. And let's face it, the reason they won the game, I've had enough. It used to be a quarterback sneak. Not anymore. Now there's nothing sneaky about it when the entire stadium lines up behind the quarterback and thrusts him through the goalpost. Also, 
What kind of example are we setting for kids? No pushing your sister, Baxter, but mom, it's worth six fantasy points. Nonsensical. Hey, NFL, the Eagles offense doesn't need any more help. Take your shove rule and shove it. Oh, all right. No, that's supposed to be for them. Anyway, number four, sports gambling is demoralizing. As part of my vast NFL futures portfolio, I bet the Vikings to make the playoffs, the Vikings over eight and a half wins, the Vikings to win the NFC North, and I think I have the Vikings to date Joe Jonas, something like that. And none of those are looking good. But tonight, after wagering on the Vikings plus six and a half, I was incredibly pleased to hear those magical three words any underdog better yearns for, backdoor cover. Or maybe it's two words with a hyphen, but it bailed me out big time, and God bless you, TJ Hawkinson, my new Aquaman. And that's my cover four. All right, that does it for cover four. By the way, if Tony Dungy gets credit for inventing the cover two, I would like credit for creating the cover four. I don't think that's asking a lot. Now, some bets you spend hours crunching the numbers and analyzing data, looking for an edge. This is not one of those. Settle in for my weekly attempt at a mostly comedic and possibly angry look at a bet that I'm backing. It's time for Wager Rager. All right, week one of the NFL season is officially in the books, and my biggest takeaway was that there were way too many takeaways. Yes, the quarterbacks on the whole underperformed week one. 14 starters failed to reach 200 passing yards. It was so disappointing. You, you live and you learn from it. it. It's embarrassing for me to lose any time. We didn't win, so I didn't do good enough. We haven't had football since February, and this is what we're greeted with? It's like waiting six months for a Taylor Swift concert. You get there, and she completely forgets the words to cruel summer. I'm told that's a popular tune. Anyway, let's review some of these feudal footballers, okay? Starting with the Steelers' Kenny Pickett, who was the preseason darling until he decided to throw in the terrible towel. Forget hitting his three receivers. This guy would have had trouble hitting the three rivers. He wasn't the only one. The Bucks were supposed to be tanking this season, but Kirk Cousins and his three turnovers wasn't going to let that happen. You like that? You like that? Not really, Kirk. It cost me a nice teaser. Ryan Tannehill, already on pace for 51 interceptions. His passing chart had more X's than John Mayer. Things got so bad, at one point, both the Cardinals and Commanders thought about promoting Uncle Rico from the practice squad. <sighs> and did you see Lamar Jackson's quarterback rating? I had a higher ACT score, and I'm a idiot. Don't get me started with the guys who got paid during the offseason. They were the worst. Joe Burrow signed a massive $275 million extension and threw for 82 yards. Daniel Jones inks a massive $160 million extension and went for 104 yards. Combined, that's $435 million for 186 yards. And you all thought running backs were overpaid? What a disaster. Even the GOAT himself couldn't help. Tom Brady's halftime skip around Gillette Stadium inspired his replacement to a whopping six total second half points. There's not a kale and carrot ginger smoothie in the world that could have helped Mac Jones. The good news though, the NFL signal callers shook it off quickly and were all completely upbeat following their subpar performances. Um, I honestly think I could have did better. Not good, not good enough to win. I think it was more us than, than them. Oh boy, this has season six, this is us vibes written all over it. You know, I really don't get what's going on. I know a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason, but there has to be more to it. What happened? Did they all get bitten by a radioactive Ryan Leaf? I can't believe there's still not a vaccine for that. Listen, 
These underachievers made their money. Now it's our turn. Let these QB losses be our gain. Thankfully, FanDuel offers a most interceptions prop, and while there are dozens of good candidates to choose from, I'm going with the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett at 11 to 1. Clear eyes, small hands, can't lose. Hey, coming up, my good friend, Darren the Parlay Kid, a guy who never threw an interception in high school, but earlier this year, he did toss a 55-yard pass in a Las Vegas casino parking alley. You can look it up if you want. He'll be here to go over all the big week two games when Cousin Sal's winning weekend returns. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Look at how everyone likes me. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekends. Time to take a look at the week two pigskin slate. And who better to join me right now in the handicapping hot seat than my lifelong friend and 680 lifetime softball hitter, the pride of John Glenn High School. The Parlay Kid is happening. What's happening, Parlay Kid? What's happening, Sal? Uh, 680, 680. I think you're being a little bit modest there, Sal. Oh, modest? Uh, Which oh, way? Yeah, modest, modest. Yeah, modest. Up, up, up. Really? Okay, oh. we're gonna have to check. There's uh, there's old records all over the place. So uh, we'll, we'll have to go to Huntington Townhouse and uh, Huntington Town Hall and sort it all out. Now, let me say something about the Parlay Kid. He and I came up with the idea for Guess the Lines. Now, Bill Simmons acknowledges this, and if he doesn't, there's gonna be a $250 million lawsuit out there. But l let me explain, and then you could jump in, Parlay Kid. I think what happened is we used to go through and we'd bet the games on Sunday, and then, uh, you know, we would go over the lines. You'd have a USA Today, and you'd go in a closet. You'd hide in a closet so that your girlfriend, now wife, didn't think you were a degenerate. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So I started really uh, in our college days. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, in my uh, early married days, <laughs> I would, I would uh, hide in the closet on the right. phone with you, usually around 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock on Sunday night yeah. at that time. And uh, <laughs> excuse me. I know ready, you're getting uh, emotional. I'm I know. I'm already getting sad. emotional. Yeah. About this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how. That's exactly how it worked. So I, my, I didn't want my wife to know. She barely still knows. Sal, uh, thirty years later. Right. Well, now you've upgraded to the to pantry, so that's good. Yeah, it's going good. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Let's go over some of these games. Um, we got a bunch of uh, NFL games on Sunday. Then we're gonna have the night games. We're gonna have a college games to look into here. We're gonna start with Seattle at detroit all right um this line has moved it was five and a half and now it's four and a half the lions are home after a 10-day rest they play seattle 47 and a half is the over under uh i'm taking seattle although i hate how dull they looked offensively i really do and we talked on against all odds parley kid that seattle made two no-name receiver stars 
Everyone had to overbid on Nakua and Atwell on their waiver wire, including me. And, uh, and now you're stuck with these Rams guys. You know, it's not great. Seattle has a tackle out. Abraham Lucas is on IR. Charles Cross is banged up. Uh, the timeless Jason Peters was added. But I still think four and a half is too much. These big spreads are not warranted. We saw the visiting teams go 12 and four against the number last week. I'm betting on a good team to rebound after getting embarrassed. Uh, give me Geno Smith with a big game on the road, 31-28. I'm going Seattle. You too, right? Yeah, I'm with you here, Sal. Look, um, since 2005, a team that has lost by double digits in week one covers the week two spread at a 60% plus clip. Mm-hmm. So why not go with Seattle? Look, this is a classic case of a week two issue where one team is overvalued, one team is undervalued. We see this happen all the time in week two. Remember, Seattle's offense was a top 10 offense in 2022. And they added a few players through the draft. If anything, their offense should be really upticking here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Seattle plus the four and a half. I think things return to normal uh, in week two here. Yeah, I think so too. And you, you brought up that spread with the uh, teams that got blown out. Remember our Cowboys last year was one of those teams against the Bengals and they went out and uh, won that game outright. Geno Smith, let me just add, 19-14-2 against the spread as a as a dog. So that's good. Not so good as a favorite. So we'll move on. You both, We both have Seattle. I'm betting Geno Smith. I'm all over Geno Smith this game. I'm going over as a prop, yeah. 248 and a half passing yards. Again, I can't imagine the Seahawks are as bad as they showed last week. And Geno's got to have that fantastic trio that you mentioned, Metcalf, Lockett, Smith, and Jigma. Got to get him back on track. He exceeded this number, 248 and a half, in four of his last five road games. Actually does a better job away from the 12th man. Averages 277 yards passing over that span. Four 300-yard games last season. I like this prop to go over, maybe even by the beginning of the fourth quarter, Give me Gino over that number, 248 and a half. You're going Seattle player prop as well, right? Yeah, I am, Sal, here, an offensive prop, too. And I'm, what worries me is it's going to be, I think, tough for both of us to get over here. But maybe it's possible. Maybe mm. Gino racks up the yardage early. And Walker, who I have over 61 and a half yards rushing at minus 115, uh, you know, Walker takes over maybe late in the game. Look, even last week, Sal, in the miserable offensive performance by the Seahawks. Walker still had 64 yards rushing on 12 carries. I expect more carries, more yards this week. Last year, to end the season, three straight 100-yard rushing games. Walker's a stud, Sal. He goes over 61 and a half yards with ease. All right. I hope you're right about that. Somehow we have to both win. I have them on like six fantasy teams. All right, Vegas at Buffalo, eight and a half this number is. It was nine and a half. It went down to eight and a half uh, after that dismal Bills ending in performance in general. I don't know what people saw. And they're on a short week. The number over under is 47. And the Raiders are my kryptonite over the last few years. But we have to pick this game, right? And I'm going with the Raiders. I think I'm harder on Josh Allen than you are, Parley Kid, and most people are maybe. But if you look at his numbers, you have to. You have to wonder if he's regressing. 84 turnovers since 2018. All right, that includes his start, his debut. But 19 games, the last 19 games, 20 interceptions, 17 fumbles. I don't know if this is a Ken Dorsey thing or what it is, Parley Kid, but I like the Raiders' chances to rattle uh, the Bills and their offense, Max Crosby, Jerry Tillery now making some noise. I'm going Raiders plus the points here, although they've screwed me before, so I wouldn't be surprised at anything. 
Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders here too, Sal, with the points. But I'm not as hard as Josh Allen as everybody else seems to be. Hasn't been the same without Brian Dable there in Buffalo. I think he does turn things around. But look, the Raiders showed us something in game one. The Bills did have a tough time stopping the run against the Jets. Jets totaled 172 yards on the ground. And now the Raiders are bringing Josh Jacobs here, the NFL's leading rusher last year. They got a very well-balanced offense in game one with Jimmy G. Uh, was very efficient. So does any uh, Josh McDaniels knows this Bills mm-hmm. team very, very well from his from his years with the Patriots as as a coordinator. Um, yeah, so I think here too. So I think the Bills are going to try to establish the running game to take some pressure off Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. More runs mean closer score. I'm not sure if the Raiders win this game, but yeah, right. give me the eight and a half all the way here, Sal. Yeah, and you know, Jimmy G loves the spot, too. 18 and five against the spread as an underdog in his NFL career. All right, let's run some uh, props here. Josh Jacobs, 80 or more rushing yards. That's an adjusted line on Fandle. You get plus 140. They adjust uh, rushing totals, receiving totals, passing totals. You can get anything there. But I'm taking Jacobs over 80, 80 or more. I think after watching him run last week, that we're probably going to get a close version of the 2022 Josh Jacobs. Only 48 yards rushing, but he was running pretty hard. And this is against a defensive line that's not as stout, I think, in the Buffalo Bills. He had some breakaway speed versus Denver, and we saw the trouble Buffalo had with Brees Hall. But Poyer's hips were broken trying to uh, catch up with him. It was uh, actually disgusting. He went over 80 eight times last year, so plus 140 is a good number considering. Give me Josh Jacobs. You're going on the other side. Bills running back, James Cook, over. Yeah, I'm taking Cook over 15 and a half yards rushing. Uh, look, we, we, I just mentioned that I do think they're going to try to relieve some pressure off Allen here by running the ball a little bit more. The Bills have to get to the running game. They haven't had a running game over the years. But look, Cook, when given the chance last year, Sal, averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Give him a chance. This guy is a weapon and will help Josh Allen greatly. It starts this week. I think they pound the ball a little bit more. Cook over 50 and a half yards rushing. All right, let's move to Atlanta, where the Falcons are hosting the Packers. This line now, the Falcons are, this line flipped. It was Packers minus two, which was a head scratcher, really. But now it's gone all the way to Atlanta minus one and a half, 40 and a half is the over-under. And these are preseason darlings, both these teams in the NFC, as everybody looks for uh, a, a, an interesting wild card team to jump up. A lot of people actually thought the Falcons and the Packers could win their respective divisions. I think this is the winner of this game is going to be 2-0. and Actually, I know that, and I'm going to go ahead and label them the overreaction darling of the NFL. I think the Packers get more love because they, they're rooting, people rooting for love to succeed, uh, especially in light of what happened to Aaron Rodgers. But I feel like we didn't get to learn a lot about either of these teams when the dust settles, though, they may have played the two of the worst teams in the NFL. So I don't know. I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter at home, Parley Kid, because uh, he seems to be unbeatable there. I was looking at his numbers, 3-0 and at home in the NFL and 26-0 and in college. The guy doesn't lose when the fans are rooting for him. So 29-0 and overall uh, at, <laughs> at home. It's an astounding number. 26-20. I have the Falcons winning this game. You're going the other way. I'm going the other way, Sal, with Green Bay here. Just think they're the more well-rounded team. I, I You mentioned Ritter, but this is really a one-dimensional team, Sal, with the Falcons. They've run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball some more. And, yes, they do have a really good running game, but so do the Packers. And I think the 
Packers just have a, a, a far superior passing game. Love looked great in game one. Um, I'm not saying Rodgers-esque, but for, mm-hmm. for his, really his first time being out there, great start for him. And don't forget the, the Green Bay defense. I know it was against the Bears offense, but look, they racked up seven tackles for losses, a pick six, six passes defended, Sal. Mm-hmm. This team is just a more talented team right now than the Falcons. And look, they are playing with the chip on their shoulder. They want to show they can win without Aaron. So uh, let's take – I'm taking Green Bay here, so I think they're the better team. All right, I found an interesting prop on Fandle. Both teams to score 15 or more points at minus 118. I think both end up around 20. It's just a fun way to bet the over yeah. um, and not That's actually great. have to bet in the 40s, though. Even with the shaky offense last year, the Packers – finished with 15 or more points in 10 out of their last 11 games. And Atlanta should get 17 at home. They did it all nine home games. They scored 15 or more. So this is not a gigantic number to get to. I know you may not be in love with some of these playmakers uh, where they are. And, and, you know, the the, uh, Packers do have a couple injuries. But, you know, again, 17-17 at any point, and I'm golden. So give me 15-plus points. You can find this on FanDuel for both teams, minus 118. What are you going with? Oh, Sal, I love that one. That's a great one. Um, I'll probably be jumping on that uh, with you. Uh, I'm taking A.J. Dillon anytime touchdown, Sal, this week at plus 110. Aaron Jones looks like he's nursing a hamstring injury. Um, May or may not play, but either way, I think Dillon gets more touches. He was not great in game one. But last year, over his last six games, he did score six touchdowns, averaged one touchdown a game over then. He is a weapon on the goal line. He's a big man. I'm taking A.J. Dillon anytime touchdown at plus 110. All right, Baltimore at Cincinnati. The Bengals are home. The Bengals are 0-1. They're laying three points. It was three and a half. Uh, I think we changed your mind on this one because it went to three. So now you have the the Bengals at three. Uh, Again, with the double-digit losers, 61% in game two. That's what I'm looking at here with Cincinnati. Um, You know, we didn't get a good look at the Ravens either, especially their offense. So... I'm just going to bank on Joe Burrow here to snap back. He's 13-4 and against the spread after a straight-up loss. And, you know, then when he loses on Sunday, I'm just going to be like, oh, well, he's secretly (laughs) injured, and that's not my problem. But 27-19, Parley kid. I'm going to take the Bengals in this uh, AFC North rivalry. Yeah, there was something uh, amiss with Burrow last week, right? So, obviously, the weather. Mm -hmm. uh, But, uh, you know, he's holding his thumb a little bit. That worried me. That's why at three and a half, I was thinking maybe Ravens. But, you know, you're right here, Sal. Cincy, you know, uh, as the favorite here. Burrow, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's one of the top two, three quarterback in the NFL. I think he bounces back in a big way. And even the Ravens, the Ravens seemed off here, Sal, right? I didn't think Lamar seemed electric mm-hmm. in game one. I know he had some rushing yards, but I don't even think he played with the flair he normally plays with. And here's the big thing, Sal. Dobbins is out. They'll replace Dobbins. They have like a running back committee. It's yep. fine. But they had some major injuries to their offensive line, the Ravens. That is going to come back to bite them here in week two. Let's take Cincy as the home favorite here, Sal. They go one and one after this game. All right. We're real quick. We're up against a commercial here. T. Higgins, anytime touchdown. I'm going plus 150. So disappointed in T last week. I have him on a couple of fantasy teams. Big fat goose egg scored in eight of 17 games last year. So that number is about right. 
plus 150. But I think it's about instilling confidence. I told you got the zero. He's got a couple touchdowns over the years versus the Ravens. 26th ranked pass defense. Nico Collins, Robert Woods were able to get open. T. Higgins will too, and he'll score plus 150. You like Jamar Chase over. Yeah, you always love the T. Higgins props. Sal. I always love the Jamar uh, Chase props. Mm-hmm. Love Chase here. You know I love an elite wide receiver coming off a poor statistical performance. They normally rebound with a monster effort. He averages 86 yards uh, per game during his career. Chase over 79 and a half receiving yards. That's a winner this week. All right, listen, coming up, we've got the Chiefs game, the Cowboys game, the two divisional showdowns at night. And yes, Coach Prime proving in Colorado if you could coach good, play good, you get paid good. The Buffs, will they keep winning? Stay tuned to find out next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Hey, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We are here with the Parlay Kid who's trying to do the impossible. He's looking to best Harry's 6-12 and 12 record from last <laughs> week. Harry was on this very program, went 6-12. and 12. Darren, you want to be the temporary king of the handicapping hot seat? Now's your chance. Look at Harry there. Look at that. Wow. Look at that shirt. Wow, that, he's, those are his felt days. What happened there? He gained all that weight back. (laughs) I don't know, Sal. I think we just lost about uh, 75% of our viewership (laughs) with that picture. I lost my appetite, too. I don't know about (laughs) viewership. All right, listen, let's get back into these games. We've got a couple more uh, pro games and the night games, and then some college. Casey at Jacksonville Parlay Kid. Three and a half is the line. It was three. It went to three and a half. 51 and a half is the over-under. Jags went through the motions beat the Colts, probably shouldn't have covered. You know, they knocked Richardson out of the game. It was a, a strange one indeed. And then we know what the Chiefs did uh, last Thursday night. They couldn't survive at home against the Lions. Kelsey was out. Kelsey is back. Chris Jones is back. Um, the line moved to three and a half. I think people are just assuming Casey's going to roll over this Jaguars team. But Jaguars, they do have revenge on their mind. They lost that playoff game. I'm going to take the points here. I actually think Kansas City could be all right, even if they lose this game. It's not a must win. At most, they'll probably be a game out of first place in the AFC West, and they could get back on track. Jacksonville 5-0 and against the spread as a home underdog last year. You are taking the Chiefs, Parley Kid. Yeah, I'm going against you here, Sal. And I do agree with you that the Chiefs could probably lose this game and start off 0-2, but that's just not very Kansas City Chief-like. I'm rolling the dice on, on Kelsey playing. Chris Jones uh, returns. That really bodes well for the Chiefs. And let's face it, the Chiefs receivers cannot play any worse than they did last week. The Kelsey return will help them just be better. Uh, And Andy Reid, we know how great he is coming off a bye week. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not coming off a bye week, but he does have extra prep time here. Mm -hmm. Reid and the Chiefs get it done. 
They win big in Jacksonville. All right. I have a prop here. Trevor Lawrence. I like him on Sunday. Over 251 and a half passing yards, minus 114. He was right around this number last week. He's gone over this number three of the last four home games, averaging 291 over that span. He had 259 the regular season against the Chiefs. Uh, I know Pittman, Granson, Deion Jackson, not uh, exactly a murderer's row, but he gets it done. He spread it out nicely last week. Trevor Lawrence over 251 and a half passing yards. You have a player prop for Jags running back at the end. Yeah, I'm taking Travis Etienne. Longest rush over 15 and a half yards. Etienne has gone over this number in six of his last seven games and 12 out of his last 19. Last year, he even had three straight games with the rush of 48 yards or longer. He's a threat to break it every time. So take Etienne, longest rush over 15 and a half. All right, now our team. We, this has been our team since we were very, very young boys, the Dallas Cowboys. And we, we saddled our kids with this cursed allegiance, too. I don't know why we did this. But Cowboys, nine and a half point favorite over the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. Of course, 38 and a half is the over under. Um, here's what scares me, Parley Kids. Since 2010, teams that, that won their opener by double digits only covered a 41% clip. Here's what doesn't scare me. Zach Wilson, all right? He's basically an immobile Daniel Jones, and I think the Cowboys are going to have their way with him. In a low-scoring game, we didn't see a lot out of the Cowboys' offense, so not sure what to expect. Not sure if Prescott is back on target. But I'm taking our team 27-14. I think you like them as well. Yeah, I'm with you here. So, look, this is a matchup of the two premier defenses in the NFL uh, at this junction. Uh, but I think where the Cowboys have a huge advantage here is just uh, obviously at the quarterback position. And what Dallas also does well is offensively, they protect the quarterback better than the Jets do. And let's face it, if the Jets have to play from behind this in this game and Wilson has to throw the ball, Boy, boy, oh boy, this Cowboys defense led by Parsons is going to feast on him, and the Cowboys will win in a rout. Let's take the Cowboys here, Sal. Speaking of Parsons, Micah Parsons, you can find this on FanDuel. He records a sack, and the Cowboys win. It's plus 125. I love this. It seems like a hidden gem. I really had to dig deep and find it, Parley kid. 13 and a half sacks last year. He's going to improve on that. He got to uh, he got to Daniel Jones last week. It just comes so easy for him, just gliding to the quarterback once he makes his first move. Uh, he puts Wilson down twice. The Cowboys win. You get plus money for that. You like our tight end to score? Yeah, well, I love yours right there, Sal. That's a that's a great bet. Yeah, I like Jake Ferguson anytime touchdown at plus three sixty. Ferguson had only two catches last week, Sal, but mm-hmm. seven targets in a game where the Cowboys never really even had to throw the ball. Prescott found tight ends in the end zone nine times last season with the Jets elite defensive backs locking down the Cowboys wide receivers. Ferguson is going to play a huge part in this game. In the red zone, Dak finds him for a TD, and we get plus 360 on it. All right, let's quickly go through the night game. Sunday night, New England catching three at home against the Miami Dolphins. This was two. People loved what they saw in Miami going to the Chargers and winning that game. Uh, I think it's going to be a little different. By the way, the first time in 20 years the Patriots have been an underdog in back-to-back games. Um, I'd be very surprised if you see a monster game out of Tyreek Hill again. I don't think Belichick gets embarrassed too much by receivers. It did happen in Buffalo in that playoff game, but not going to happen again. I was uh, actually impressed with Mac Jones and what he did. I think they'll suffocate the Dolphins a little bit into a 
tough to salvage a team if you go 0-2 at home to start off uh, to salvage a season. So I am going to take the New England Patriots plus the three, 26-17. I actually think they pull off the upset, Parley Kid. I like what you're saying here, Sal. Look, one thing you cannot afford to do in the NFL is lose your first two games. But especially your first two games at home. The Patriots can't do it. Belichick knows that. He's going to have his defense ready to go this game. Patriots will pound the ball as well to try to keep Miami off the field as much as possible. The Patriots always do a good job of locking down other teams' number one receivers. Dolphins still have a good number two. Patriots find a way. They cover the points here, Sal. All right. I told you how much I like Mac Jones in this game. Last week, three touchdowns against the Eagles. Last four games, he's had two or more touchdown passes. He averages two and a half TD passes over that span. I like him over one and a half touchdown passes at plus 120. Maybe come from behind a win. He's done a nice job spreading that ball out between Bourne and Henry and Juju and even Stevenson. Give me over one and a half touchdown passes, Mac Jones. What's your prop? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm going with the other quarterback here with uh, Tua, Sal. Tua, under 264.5 yards passing in his career, averages 180 per start against the Pats. Pats defense will be prepared and ready for Tua. Tua goes under the 264.5. All right, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. A weird line here. The the Browns are favored by 2.5. Steelers 0-1, 38.5 is the over-under. Steelers got obliterated by the 49ers. Offensively, defensively, they did it all. Browns won a weird rain game against Cincinnati, but still a big win, big uh, division win, I would say. Uh, this is weird, though, because they've lost 19 straight road games in Hines, Cleveland has. It's very strange. They won that playoff game, but as far as regular season games go, it's been 19 straight, and they're still favored. I think it's because of Darius Smith and Miles Garrett are going to get to Kenny Pickett, who did not impress me at all. I like the Browns winning this one, 21-16. Cam Hayward is out. Deontay Johnson is out. Going to be injuries piling up for the Steelers, and the Browns take care of business. You disagree. I have to, Sal. <laughs> Steelers have to do it. I have to do it. <laughs> this Tomlin, Sal, we know Tomlin. He, this guy's like automatic 500, right? Yeah, he'll they'll be one. They'll be one and one after this game. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. Harris breaks out this game. Tomlin is angry. The team's going to play nasty. They're going to play angry. Take the Pittsburgh and the points. You also have Harris over eight and a half receiving yards. For the prop, I have Nick Chubb over 76 and a half rushing yards. He's done this in seven of eight teams versus a team with a losing record. He averages 94 over that. He went over twice versus Pittsburgh last year. Uh, He's my pick to score the most touchdowns on the ground and off to a tremendous start. All right, let's get to the college now. Colorado State at Colorado, 23 and a half Rocky Mountain showdown. They haven't played this game in a few years. You know, Dion and his son have a lot of vendettas. They had it against the Nebraska team. They had to have it this week against the Colorado State coach. I think they have it against me because I keep betting against them, and I'm on the uh, short end of that. This is a fishy line, I really do think. You know, if you look at it, 23 and a half. Colorado won three of the last four by 21-plus uh, in this rivalry. Um, State already has a 26-point loss to Washington State. Suspicious spread. They have the new quarterback coming in. I like this. Uh, Clay Millen is out 42-24. They win handily, but they don't cover the spread. Parley Kid, you like Travis Hunter at 50-1, and you like this Colorado team to cover. I say I like Colorado to cover. I mean, I don't know what your vendetta is against uh, Colorado <laughs> here. I don't know what's going on with that. But here's the either. deal. It's more. This is more about Colorado State. Something. They're taking bows for scoring 24 points or whatever they did against Washington State because mm-hmm. you know why? 
That's more than any po- amount of points they scored last year. They never broke 20. This right. team cannot score. They're not any good. Colorado continues to roll. Real quick, couple lines. Florida plus six and a half against Tennessee. Florida's home. I like Graham Mertz to hit these speedsters. Ricky Pearsall and Eugene Wilson. Short routes. That's what's hurting Tennessee, even against Austin P. Give me upset. The Gators, 30-26. You have Florida as well. Yeah, and I don't like Graham Mertz, but I like Florida here. They usually take, except for last year, when they only lost by five on the road to Tennessee, they usually take care of business against the Vols. I'll go with Florida regardless of my dislike of Graham Mertz. All right, there you go. I think you're going to do it. Thanks to Darren Sicoli. You can follow the Parlay Kid at, at the Parlay Kid one and listen to him on the Against All Odds podcast. Coming up, NFL insider, Sopranos aficionado, Mike Lombardi. He's got a book. He's coming up. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Let's get our guest, shall we? One of my absolute favorites. This guy has loved the game of football ever since he was a very small bambino. In fact, he learned his X's and O's before his ABC's. His new book, Football Done Right, I have the cover right here in printed out form because I read the PDF. It's a love letter to the game. Our pal, former NFL executive and host of the GM Shuffle, Michael Lombardi is here. What's happening, Lombardi? Hello, Cousin Sal. It's good to be back. Thank you. I'll send you a real copy, a hard copy of the book. I have no problem. I don't know why you didn't get one, but thank you. No, I it's pre- all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have them for your favorites. Tate Frazier. I think you sent Kevin Clark one. I'm not sure, but no, no. I got. I, I bought the PDF. It was great. It doesn't matter what form it is. It's a, a terrific read. And I want to get to that in a second. And, and what a crazy person you are for pumping these out almost annually. But first, uh, let's talk about coming off week one of the NFL season. Mike, promise me the quarterback play will be better and that we're not going to be forced to watch 32 Nathan Petermans for the rest of the year. Well, I, you know, I mean, we got that because of the way the coaches approach the preseason. I think the games, the speed of the game week one changes so dramatically, no matter how much you practice, you know, and so it's hard. It really is. Everybody's so worried about injuries. And then four plays into the season, Aaron Rodgers, you know, goes away. And so, look, it, you know, as Belichick would say, if you tell me a play a guy's going to get hurt on, I'll take him out the play before. But mm-hmm. you just got to play guys, you know. And I think we will see better quarterback can play all across the board in week two. So tell me, as in putting your executive hat on now, what is the ideal preparation, do you think, for a quarterback? I know it's different. You want to get the Bryce Youngs and the and the Strouds a little more action. But what would you – how much would you start Aaron Rodgers? And by the way, is it – I'm blaming the quarterbacks. Is it the offensive line that's a, a tad slow too? Are they to blame because of not being prepped? Sean Payton did into Denver with, with, with Russell was the right approach. You got to play him in all the games, get him going. Uh 
you know, it depends if you have these joint practices, Sal. If you have that, you can get a lot of reps there. And But the problem with those are the quarterbacks wearing a red shirt, you're not allowed to touch them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Charger game this weekend, if you don't touch Tua, get near him in the pocket, it looks like seven on seven, he's going to kill you. Right. Whereas if you can get to him, you've got a chance. So that's not realistic either. Uh, my sense of it is, is, the way the way Sean did it, I think, is the right approach. You got to play a little bit. You got to get your timing down. But unfortunately, we have so many injuries to the line. You can't put your starting quarterback out there if your line's not out there. Right. Yeah. There's so much to consider. Now, uh, you mentioned Rogers, and I'm glad you heard about it. I know you've been promoting the book. I'm not, I'm not sure it had crossed your uh, <laughs> crossed your timeline yet. Let me ask you this: Is there anyone within reason? Let's not count Brady. We know that's not happening. Who could come in and give them a better shot? I would say. Do what you can to get Cooper rushed, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a proven winner. But you don't even think you think Zach Wilson's uh, the best they're going to get at this point. Well, I think Cooper Rush would help him. I think there's no question about that. I think Cooper Rush would manage the game. Cooper Rush would effectively try to do exactly what they told him to do within the offense. But the problem with Cooper Rush is you can you can only go so far. They got to they got to make Wilson a better player. They've got a second round pick into him. And if they don't give Wilson a chance and run the offense around them, they're going to be a little conservative. They're not going to try to do too much with the offense, I don't think. And they're going to try to win games with their defense in the kicking game. I mean, that's the only choice they really have. There's no one else out there that they're going to bring in to say, okay. I mean, you want to, I read a lot. Trade for Andy Dalton. You want Blake Bortles back? Nathaniel Hackett coached Blake Bortles. You want him back? Uh-huh. Like they said, oh, bring Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy, would, he would get hurt in week one. I mean, the first week he got in there. Yeah. First of all, your offensive line's not very good, right? So whoever you bring in, you got to have somebody who can move a little bit because that line has been the problem. All we talked about all summer was how bad that line was. Yeah, I just have a feeling if the Cowboys swarm that offensive line for the Jets and Zach Wilson will then take the blame, much like they did to uh, Daniel Jones last week. I do want to talk about my Cowboys. 40 to nothing, opening win against the Giants. Couple of questions. Is this the most balanced team in the NFL? And do you want to sit next to me in Las Vegas on February 11th so we can watch them win the Super Bowl together? You know, I, I think they're really good. And, and I think the fact that Tyler Smith didn't play in that game, uh, it was really, you know, they were able to go to their backup offensive line. I think they managed the game correctly. I think McCarthy realized that as long as he didn't turn that ball over, the Giants were not going to get back in that game. I think Dan Quinn's scheme is really hard to handle. A lot of speed on the defense. They're good. I mean, they're good. Now, they're going to have to throw the ball to win. They're going to have to play with a little bit more. I mean, the Giants got to – it was 16 to nothing before anybody bought a pretzel. So, you know, I mean, that's when you do that. But I thought the way McCarthy ran the offense and was in that – he wasn't interested in stats. He was interested in winning. I think that's most important. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take that as a yes. I'll leave that seat open next to me for February 11th. Uh, let's talk about this new book, Football Done Right. And as I mentioned, it's a love letter to the game, covers it all from players to coaches to the draft and uh, broadcasting. Have you reorganized who belongs on your Mount Rushmore in the NFL lore after writing this one? You know, I, I well, I mean, I learned a lot. I mean, I would have probably started when I started the book, I wouldn't have had Paul Brown, number one coach of all time, but I think when you do the research, you realize that there would be no coaching without Paul Brown, that there has to be somebody started it. And the guy who starts it deserves to, be, especially when he's seventh all time on the win list. Whoever, mm-hmm. you know, he should be there. He's won 
if you, you know, again, championships can matter no matter what league you win them in. And, you know, he won seven championships as a head coach. And we would not have a profession of coaching when, when all these guys yeah. deposit those big checks that they're getting now. They owe a debt of gratitude to Paul Brown because he made it a profession. They were selling insurance in the offseason before he made it a profession. <laughs> he was the guy that got out there and said, you're going to be a full-time coach. And once they made them full-time coaches, then the creativity in the game started because people had more time to work on it. I can't even imagine what that would be like. So you're saying without Paul Brown, there wouldn't be head coach. What would people complain about? It would have to hundred percent go towards the referees then. Right. Yeah. If you couldn't complain about coaches radio. I mean, think about that. Nobody would yeah. never talk radio. Look, I, yeah. they were just standing there. I mean, it was, you know, the game was more of a brute force game. It wasn't a game that was, was a strategic game. Now we have chess on grass. Now it's a complex game. And a lot of that is because they spend all their time working on new ideas, new schemes, new concepts. It's really good. This is an important question. It's the one I'm most proud of. You get to heaven, right? Because we all know you're going there. And God tells you, it's you, it's James Gandolfini, and it's Marlon Brando. And you're going to sit down and you're going to share a pizza pie from Bianco Pizzeria. And you're oh. going to watch on heaven's flat screen, two teams play each other in their prime. You get to pick. Who do you want? 85 Bears, 72 Dolphins, 75 Steelers, 23 Cowboys. You get to pick. Who do you who do you want playing? I would say the 64 Packers because Lombardi, that was a great, great team, you know, hmm. that won a championship with a lot of Hall of Fame players. Uh, that would be one of the teams on there. And I would probably say the Joe Gibbs team because I grew up a Washington fan. Wow. The, the Joe Gibbs team that uh, that won this, the first Super Bowl with, that he won with. I think it was 82. Wow. What, so set the line. What's the spread on that game? Uh, I would probably say the Packers be favored by about two and a half. All right. So yeah. 64 Packers against 82 uh, Redskins at the time. Yeah. All right. That's I mean, a good one. That would be two games because I rooted for both teams. So, I, I mean, that would be it. I see. Well, it that's is that's heaven. You could, you could do whatever you want. Team. That Bear yeah. team was incredible. I mean – Incredible. But we beat that Bear team in 84 when they were just young in the first playoff game when I was with San Francisco. Which team did you look at and say, this team's going to win three or four and, and they never, never got back. It was, would it be that Bears team? Would his defense just get old fast? No, it would be the Houston Oilers who I wrote about. Love you blue. Like mm -hmm. how did they not win three Super Bowls? They got yeah. they have great players on all over the field. That's one of those where everybody says coaching doesn't matter. Well, ask any of those Houston Oilers players if coaching doesn't matter. I mean, they had Jack Pardee, that, you know, and they had a mm -hmm. mess, then they went to Glanville. Mike Holovac was the personnel director, and that team was really talented, and they just underachieved. All right, listen, if you haven't already, go out and get a copy of Football Done Right. Here it is. It's a terrific read. Or just wait three weeks. Mike will come out with another book. That's how he does it. Mike Lombardi, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Sal. I appreciate you having me. Wish you luck. Well, who you like? I, we didn't even talk about who you like this week. I can't believe it. Well, you're not going to like this, but I'm a Browns guy this year. I don't know why, but I think they beat up I on the Steelers. Too. I am too. I've been a Browns guy. I think Schwartz makes a huge difference to their defense. I think they're they're they'll be a hard game. This will be a really tough one for them, but Pittsburgh will give them their best punch. I think they're really improved defensively. He makes mm -hmm. them better. Uh, and you know, Watson will play better. I thought he played a little better last week. So yeah, I'm, a, I'm on the Browns. I, I had him win in the North. Believe there you go. Me too. Yep. And those odds are going to shrink, shrink, shrink. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. When thanks, we come Sal. back, 
on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. I'll wrap things up with some final thoughts ahead of Sunday's slate. NFL gambling. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. meant at the whole show all right listen before we say goodbye we have a few minutes left on cousin sal's winning weekend and i don't believe in taking a knee so let's play out the clock with a few questions from you guys who wrote in at cousin sal against all odds at gmail.com that's cousin sal against all odds at gmail.com all right this first one is from arjun in peru illinois sal i've always wanted to ask you uh say you are biff from back to the future and can return with the gray sports almanac wouldn't knowing the results ruin sports betting for you? I refuse to believe you want to lose the joy of sports betting. Wow. That's a real thinker, Arjun. Uh, thanks for that. You sound like a really fun guy. I, I always thought I would just go out there and bet um, what the Almanac told me to do. But now you're saying this might really ruin things for me with uh, sports gambling. But so um, in true Back to the Future fashion, I'm just going to tell you, mind your business, butthead. I didn't like that one. I didn't like that. No. It made me think. Yeah, boo, boo, boo. All right. Next one. Uh, we, we can't go out like that. All right. Here's another one from Vinny from Hempstead. Congratulations on the new FanDuel show. Thank you, Vinny. I live in a divided house of Jets and Giants fans. Please settle this argument. Who gets more wins this season, Big Blue or Gang Green? Hmm. Well, Big Blue looked very small against my Big D defense right there. 40 to nothing. They lost, and the Jets don't really have a quarterback. Uh, listen, take your house divided. Do like the Colts did very many years ago. They rented a Mayflower van, and they got out in the middle of the night. So house divided, take that house divided. Go to San Francisco somewhere where a team is going to win 12 or 13 wins. That, that's what all I could say, Vinny, right there. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. That does it. We're out of time. Don't forget, you can check me out with the other Ringer Wise guys. It's me. It's John Jastrzemski. It's Raheem Palmer and Joe House, 11 a.m. Eastern this Sunday. I'd like to thank Michael Lombardi, Darren, the Parley Kid, Sicoli, Harry for setting the bar so very low last week, and most of all, TJ Backdoor Hawkinson for saving me some loot in that Thursday night game. That's going to do it for Cousin Sal's winning weekend. And you should know this. You may feel like an underdog, but always remember, you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping. See you next week. Back to work, Woo! <laughs>